Green Room Radio is presented by A24's punk thriller, Green Room. What do they want? Green Room Radio! Hello and welcome to this, our 10th and final episode of Green Room Radio. I am your host, Tony Rettman. Throughout our run on Green Room Radio, we've talked with some of Hardcore's greats about their music and what life was like on the road touring for them. Much like the Ain't Rights in the film Green Room, driving from show to show, playing gigs is not without its bumps. From Mike Judge facing a Nazi riot in Florida, to Keith Morris's encounter with the Wall of Death in my hometown of Trent, New Jersey, we've heard gnarly stories of gigs gone bad. So, for our 10th and final episode, let's revisit some of these moments, as well as play the music that these musicians helped create. Ted Leo. By the time, you know, very few years had passed and Animal Crackers had started and ABC No Radio was going, uh, we were we were very ratty looking, yeah. you know, yeah, tattered, yeah. tattered, you know, sneakers and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, so Giannis and I, the Giannis, the guitar yeah. player of both Citizens Arrest and, and Animal Crackers, um, were standing outside of this place we'd played. And, you know, I, I remember specifically we like I had a pair of like you know ripped up like you know like Chuck look how Chuck Taylors are like held together like duct tape or something yeah, yeah. on you know and uh, these two skinheads came up and they, it w- they were literally like the Bugs Bunny like hot dog and hamburger guys <laughs> like one was really tall yeah. and skinny the other w- was short and, and round and um, the uh, tall guy comes up and he goes hey you guys were good so uh, you white power just regular <laughs> and the little guy smacks him like in a cartoon and goes nah they're regular look at their shoes <laughs> what exactly is regular <laughs> my judge so let's kind of dip into you know do you have in your mind the pinnacle of the worst show like worst h2o or worst judge show like where it just went terribly wrong mine's easy Okay. okay. It's a show that broke up my band. <laughs> oh, oh, the one, yeah. it's like Florida, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, with the Nazis and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was just, uh, it was like, uh, everything was a mess. It was uh, like hundreds of fucking Nazi skinheads and, uh, you know, zig heiling us and mm-hmm. shit. And um, mm-hmm. the people who were there to see us were like intimidated to come in. We start to play. And then the promoter's like, don't worry, they won't come in. They never come in. And then Judge gets on, they come in, and they're, you know... It sucks. Like, it's like me standing off against them, you know, yeah. and, um, and then for some reason, I don't even know why, but this, this uh, black dude walks in off the street. He wasn't even... He was an older guy. He wasn't even, like, into the music or and nothing. And that happens a lot of shows, too. Like, yeah. he just wandered yeah. in off the street, and these pack of fucking guys just fucking tried to tear him apart. It was the most sickening thing I've ever seen. And, uh... We did what we could as a band, you know, and then, um, you know, then the people who are in the scene, like, Judge didn't stick up for us. Judge didn't stick up for us. And it's just like, exactly what, what is, <laughs> exactly what are we supposed to do? We're fucking five guys in a van, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, and we're, spo- you know, we're yeah. supposed to clean up your whole, you know, like, it was crazy. Yeah. So it was like, I had the Nazis who wanted to kill me, and I had the, the kids who went to the show turning on me all at once, and I was like, that's it. I'm yeah. done. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Keith Morris, um, I'm, I might have been witness to one of the shows that, that wasn't so good. Uh, I grew up in Trent, New Jersey. I went to a lot of shows at City Gardens. 
Do you I remember? know where you're going with this. <laughs> you were there. I was there. New I, Year's Day. I, I was there. You were there. And when I jumped <laughs> off the stage, yes. I should have probably been killed on the spot. That was one of the most courageous slash stupidest things I ever saw in my life. Oh, yeah. That guy was I, – I went to high school with that guy. He obviously was not all there and total asshole. Well, you're, you're talking about the first guy that – got in my face. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate that the the bouncers of the club who were actually friendly with and knew the majority of the people that partook in those shows, they knew who was cool and who was kind of sketchy and who was not cool and who they if they had the opportunity to just pick up and punch a couple of times and throw out the front door, they knew all of the all you know, they knew who needed to be treated in certain ways. Yeah. When I jumped off that stage, I was actually being backed up by, I think, three of those guys. And now maybe they were uh, coming up from the rear thinking, this guy, he's dead. And we, we can't have any death. We, <laughs> yeah. we cannot allow death. In this club. Especially on the middle of the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. Just think what would happen. The police <laughs> would come and it would give them a perfect excuse to close this place down. I don't want to lose my job. It was the, the, the thing. The thing was, to me, the wall of death looked ridiculous. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> now, I would later go on to um, realize and be told that the guys that did that, everybody knew what was going on. Like all of the people on the floor knew to just clear out of these guys' way and let them run and do whatever they're going to do. I didn't know that. I saw these 13-year-olds and these 12-year-olds, these kids that were just old enough to be able to get in uh, with adult supervision and accompanied by 18-year-olds or whatever the legal age is in New Jersey. And I'm looking at these kids going to get just fucking trampled. I'm not going to allow that to happen. We're not here for that. That's not fun. There's nothing cool about that. I did not know that the guys that were doing that, normally, if you got in their way, yeah, you'd probably get knocked over. But everybody that was there that didn't know about that, they were going to get squashed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Who concert. Yeah. And who knew, who needs that? That's not, there's n- nothing fun about that. No, no. And uh, I, of course, um, keep hearing for years and years afterwards, uh, you silly asshole, you <laughs> motherfucker, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. What, uh, I don't like him. How come he didn't get pummeled, you know? <laughs> And it's like, I'm just looking out for these people that I see that are like watching us play and not aware of what's going on behind them. So maybe we should give a little backstory to what you were just talking about. There was, uh, yeah, there was like a, a, a large skinhead contingent that hung out at that club and they did this thing called the wall of death where they would back up to the back of the hall and jam it and just jam into the people that are at the front row. And, uh, you kept telling them to stop doing that. They wouldn't do it, wouldn't stop. So you jumped off the stage and got in their, their faces. And they waited around outside for a while. <laughs> well, um, Randy yeah. said, guys, you're not leaving. And he said that they're out in the parking lot. 
in their cars, driving around in circles or circling <laughs> the parking lot. Yeah. Which um, later on I would realize was kind of ridiculous because if they really wanted to fuck with us, all they had to do was slash all the tires on the van, break all the windows out of the van. Which they, they did to the exploited. They did that same They exact did thing. that to the exploited who is closer to their their vibe and Thank their you, yeah. scene and mentality. Yeah, yeah. They did it. That, that's kind of pathetic, actually. <laughs> yeah. That you would do it to somebody that close to you. Yeah. Well, I, that was the thing I didn't get because I was like, I guess they didn't like it because they had a song like Fuck the USA or something like that. And I was like, well, you guys are skinheads. You you want to be British. Don't don't you like them? They're British. <laughs> you know, like that was the part I – that was the disconnect in my mind there. Well, maybe they were uh, patriots. Oh, they they or were future, waving an American future, flag. Future, and pa- future patriots, yes. <laughs> future patriots. Todd Youth. At A7, you know, definitely sometimes when we would, you know, be all – hanging out outside or, you know, venturing when we first started to venture into the park, you know, there was definitely some scary things that went down. Um, You know, I remember a girl one time, there was a show and um, there was a girl who'd been being, she was, she was getting raped in the park and everybody running out of A7 with, you know, weapons in their hands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I don't think the guy who was, who, was um, committing that crime. I don't know if he survived or not. Yeah. What happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was always, you know, I mean, I had a situation one time where I was on the corner of Avenue and 8th Street and these, you know, uh, I think they were, they might have been in that gang, the Hitman. They were definitely from like more like 10th or 11th Street. And one of them swung at me a couple of times and I ended up hitting him with something in the head and, I had to kind of disappear for a little while, grow my hair out. You know, guys <laughs> yeah. were looking for me, you know, right. sweeping through the, you know, having to weigh every night. Like, mm. you know, things happened. It was a crazy time. Um, you know, that was before Avenue A was Avenue Ah. <laughs> all right, let's take a break from hearing all these hair-raising stories and listen to some music. Starting off this block of music, something from our guest, Ted Leo. There was a resolution pending on the United Nations Just this still 
Overheard drugs, sitting in bars, talking about sex, talking about cars, talking about football, women at lunch. They just keep talking, but don't say much. I'm a product of my environment. My vocabulary, like licking the gutter, words that cut so sharp. Got like a hot knife, good butter. Not my fault, but then again. I'm a product of my environment I'm a product of my environment
Roger Moret. What's the best uh, or one of your favorite stigma tour stories? Stigma tour story? Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Well, some of the let's let's go to the first tour because some of that's pretty freaking interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you well, you know, you know, you're on your first tour, uh, and you know, it's you're tired. I mean, as a kid, we're out there, we're we were playing at crazy times, and we were partying. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like like we are. You know, we're, like, we're a lot older today. We play with time. We want to rest, get some sleep. We want to get up early, go to eat, you know, that, 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 none of that shit even mattered back then, you know, yeah. it was about playing the show, after the show, hanging out, getting drunk, or doing whatever other yeah. things you wanted to do, so we were just mad that Stigma didn't want to do shit, and uh, we, we forced him to drive one day, this is the second tour, actually, and we had a, uh, we were touring with this, Dave, Dave had his family had like this little like trailer thing you could pull. And that would be where we slept in. So we were like, oh, cool, save money, we'll sleep in this thing. We just pull all around the whole country. We did that, you know? And then we, we made the mistake of having Stigma drive one day. We're like, oh, we want you, you'll do shit, you drive, you know? So he goes, okay, I'll drive. And, and then he got behind the wheel and we started going through all these curvy mountains. I guess out of leaving, uh, I think we were leaving, uh, where seven seconds are from, uh, Nevada. Nevada, yeah. yeah. And we must have played a show with them or some, some of the bands out there. Probably some parade or something crazy. Ooh, I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, and it was Stigma. We're going through all these curves. We're like, we got a freaking thing. We're like freaking out. All of a sudden, he just just keeps driving crazy. We're like, you know? And then it looked like we were going off a cliff and he just stopped. I swear to God, we were like freaking the hell out. We're like, holy shit. We, we, and then we all slowly got out of the van. And it was like, it was like a movie. Half the, half the wheel was on the side of the road. The other half was off. And then we all got out. We were panicked. Holy shit. How do we even survive this? Then we realized that when we all got out, that somebody had to go back in and pack this thing up. <laughs> so we sent our roadie in because it was his trailer. We're like, well, if it goes over, it's your trailer. We're going to blah, blah, blah. So we talked him into going in and he backed it up. That's the kind of stuff Stigma would always do. Stigma was the kind of guy that would do something. And ruin it, wreck it, so you wouldn't ask him to do. So you, so you could just lay around and do nothing. <laughs> and that is the stigma we deal with today. <laughs> Richie Birkenhead. You know, a bunch of guys in a van full of stickers, a bunch of guys with shaved heads in a van full of stickers, yeah. you know, going around, uh, you know, the country with this whole straight edge philosophy was really different and really weird. And we had some scary encounters with Texas state troopers and all manner of people, whereas these things wouldn't be shocking to anyone now. Yeah. You know, and, and good luck trying to find soy milk back then in, uh, you know, Sioux City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas now, you know, you probably, <laughs> they, a whole they, food they, out, yeah. you know, everywhere. they yeah. probably have 12 kinds of tempeh at the local <laughs> greengrocer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as far as what were some of the sort of uh, the negative parts of that, like some of the, you know, like you said, like the state troopers and things like that. Like, Well, the, no, there, there were... There were unfortunately negative things about some hardcore scenes back yeah, then, the, yeah. the you know things that stand out most. And I actually experienced this more uh, later. Well, actually, to quite a degree then too. Was there was um, you know a small minority of uh, very narrow-minded, often very racist people in the mm-hmm. hardcore scene. And you know, I I remember, I mean, a million stories that I don't want to tell now. But I mean, I, I could tell you that. Even in the Los Angeles area, Youth of Today, we were playing a show in Long Beach at Fenders. Mm-hmm. 
And we had to stop the show because there was a group of uh, skinheads seek heiling in the back mm. of the room and, and, you know, turn into a a big fight. So that that always, you know, I just could never understand that, why a scene that was not only supposed to be all about nonconformity, but basically a place where, you know, we were all kindred spirits to it. Yeah. You know, like you said, we're like this island of misfit toys. I don't know how that ever seeped in. You know, I yeah. know kids are, kids like... Doc Martens and you know braces and their Ben Sherman shirts or whatever, and mm-hmm. you could be like the the non-racist rude boy kind of skinhead. But I, I really never understood why this uh, racist element even wanted to be part of of the hardcore scene. Yeah. They, you know, it was just and it was it was awful that that existed, and we tried to stomp it out literally wherever we found it. Yeah. But, um, other than that, I mean, there wasn't much negativity. We we found more, you know, things like the run-in with the Texas State Trooper and things, you know, just kind of running into people who just didn't get us or, you know. Yeah. We laughed about that stuff. You know, it was like the Blues Brothers getting stuff <laughs> thrown at the, You know, so yeah. I don't look at that as negative. Yeah. Well, what, what was – what actually happened with the State Troopers? Uh, with Youth of Today, we got pulled over somewhere in West Texas on uh, – on the 10 mm. in the middle of the desert and to make a long story short i mean this guy basically implied that you know if we he, he he told us how fast we were driving which wasn't true and then basically let us know that the, the speed you were driving at is the speed i say you were driving at and if i tell you you know you're transporting narcotics that's what you're doing mm. he implied that we could either end up you know as a pile of sun bleached bones in the desert or mm. we could go to a Circle K and buy a money order and fill it out to another guy's name and give it to him. Wow. And then he said, nice doing business with you. So. <laughs> Not to, to uh, cast aspersions at the great state of Texas. I yeah, have a yeah. lot of friends there. Yeah. <laughs> was, okay. yeah. Yeah. was that the van like that you had to like stick your hand in the motor to, to start it or whatever? No. I, if, if that was true of any van I ever toured and I've forgotten that one. <laughs> Was that an underdog van or a youth? No, today? youth of today. Porcel told oh, me a story. Oh yeah, yeah, that, like, yeah. To, I, like, okay, I do faintly remember that. Yeah, there were a couple of youth of today vans that were bought for like seventy-five bucks, yeah, and like, like ditched on the side, four hundred thousand yeah. miles on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they got like ditched in Poughkeepsie or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, and I remember uh, Mike Judge told me some story about when you guys played in the era, I think it was like Phoenix or something with like there was some other kind of run-in with Nazi yeah. skinheads or something where. Like you actually were like going to meet behind a McDonald's yeah. to fight them yeah. or something. I was, yeah, I, I was the, I was the designated fighter. You know, yeah, um, yeah. He guy chickened out. Yeah, but yeah, another white power skinhead guy. Yeah, and, I rem- uh, yeah, I remember that was like uh, Mike told me that was the one time like Ray was like, all right, you guys can fight. <laughs> like you can fight that that guy. Like, like I, I don't know. I was I was called upon a few times to <laughs> yeah. finish what other people started. Walter Schreifels and Arthur Smilios. So um, since we're kind of here, you know, the movie Green Room is about a, you know, a band on tour and a show that goes horribly wrong, even though we were kind of touching on this before. Do you have like one show in your mind that was like the worst show ever? Uh, from punk days? Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I, it, actually, I think it's more interesting if it's like from after that, because like every punk band has a shitty show, like, you know, but it's kind of more interesting when it's like, you're more established act. <laughs> you get a crappy end of the stick, but it's for you. It's, is it's the film uh, a? Is it a dramatization of a of a group? Uh, I guess yeah, it would it's be. not like a real. Yeah, it's a fictional film. Yeah. Okay. And Ben Kingsley's in it. Patrick. No, Stewart. Patrick Stewart. Often Captain confused Picard. for. Yeah. 
I could see that. And, to, and uh, like I said, so this makes us like great domes mates, mates yep, on the friends. Enterprise. Yes, yeah, friends, so yeah. I'm like his, yeah. Um, ben Kingsley would just, I would love to see him in command of some sort of starship. So would I. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be hard pressed to choose which one I'm going to do. He would be a good thing. rogue starship commander, <laughs> like one that just like, just says, screw the prime directive. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Picard is very much about the prime director. Problem? Yeah. You got a problem? Right, you could be Ben Kingsley's number one. I'll be yeah. Picard's number one. Uh, I think there's too many bad shows to mention. What do you think? Arthur? I'm just thinking. Just pick one. I'm just the first one that came to my mind, and it was just about what it was a shit show, and I still tell this story to the day to this day. I used to fill in for Killing Time, and. Uh, we went down to uh, like that the Easton Bethlehem scene, which was like this incredible oh, scene. Yeah, yeah. These three girls used to run the shows. It was Mary, um, Jen Buck, and and wasn't it was it Mary's sister that ran it? Uh, that they used to put on these shows, and it was the the, the, the loveliest Jen scene. Buck. Kristen uh, DeLong was she down there too? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Cute girls from Pennsylvania. They were the sweetest girls, and they put on these great shows. And GB played, and we would all play these shows. There was, you know, a couple of hour drive, and so I was uh, playing bass with Killing Time, and we went down, and it, I hadn't been there in a couple of months, and the scene had gone through this rapid and uh, um, intense transformation. Uh, with a lot of white power kids showing up. Mm. And, you know, Jesus, New York scene was like, I mean, come on. It was like, you know, there were, there were, it was predominantly white, yeah, but there were, there were, there were uh, Latino kids. There were some African American kids. There were a lot of Jewish kids mm. and whatnot. So w- there was a friend of ours there. I'm not going to name any names of these people. And a friend of ours was there. And all of a sudden, I, I mean, there was just a bad mojo in this place. And these, you know, s- you know skinheads, bad skinheads came up. And I'm just standing there. And all of a sudden, I saw what our friend just get thrown just went flying by me mm. and um these like bozos came by and they're like screaming you know, jew this and that and i was like you know i had a temper i mean i still mm. have a temper i had a temper back then and i mean i'm not really very threatening and it's probably mm. very stupid with my big very mouth sharp elbows though sharp <laughs> i didn't cut, know this cut yet, your though. eye out with one of those things i didn't know that these were weapons yet yeah. anyway so i got in the guy's face and i was like you know this is my friend and i was just like calling him out and i pulled some really silly in retrospect that you know you do when you're 18 19 some really silly i'm from new york shit with them mm-hmm. you know, these kids weren't impressed at all like, i don't <laughs> give a goddamn but yeah. it was it just escalated and then i remember a couple of our friends it was um squirm and anthony anthony Caminale from killing time just like they lost it i remember anthony picking up a table and slamming it and screaming for everybody to calm down and he anthony diffused the whole freaking situation mm. just by this i guess that angry rageful face that he has yeah. it was kind of amazing but that was that was one of those shows where it was like this is just really really i mean i'm you know telling the story and it's amusing now in retrospect but it was really just kind of disheartening and mm. gross and, yeah. and whatnot yeah I mean, there are a lot, but that's the first one that came to my mind in terms of a show gone awry. The first Project X show was really bad. Um, it was at the uh, at the Ritz for a Super Bowl, oh, yeah. and I think we came on first, and we were all we had just recorded this record, and no one knew who we were, and it was. Uh, I remember this show. We went. We got rushed by uh, Chris Williamson, who's famously, if you've any, watched any other hardcore documentaries on the on the this New York thing, like he probably comes up. And he's just awful, and he's like, you guys are not going to go get to go on if you don't go on right now. I don't know if we were even stalling, but anyway, so mm-hmm. we go up and uh, kind of rushed, and Alex, the guitar player, who's also a guitar player with GB, like, jumps off within, like, a, within 30 seconds, the whole thing just fell apart. He jumped <laughs> off the monitor, uh, off the off the drum riser, 
uh, like fell, tripped. The guitar's out of tune, won't work. You know, he breaks his wa- his uh, cable, and then my strap falls off, <laughs> and it's just basically the whole thing just goes down into shambles. Where it's just Purcell and Sam just like <laughs> screaming. <laughs> And and uh, I don't think we ever really regained our composure. We had six songs or five songs, mm-hmm. and it was just it was just a disaster on writ large in front of the largest possible audience we could have found at that time. <laughs> I remember. Let's that show. Ju- let's just be as bad as we can in front of the most possible most amount of people. <laughs> and since it's our first impression, let's just make sure it's a bad, bad one. one. <laughs> Weren't there people like that still didn't even know that? Everybody who was in the band, because that was like a whole mystery thing. I think. I think mm. that was another. Oh, thing everyone was everyone was buzzing about it. Who could it be? <laughs> who could ND be? That's I what remember I that. Know. I remember. Pur- I just remember youth? Purcell yeah. coming out wearing the garbage gloves with X's on them. <laughs> I remember that. I mean, the pre-show day. photo was would have been looked been like these guys are ready for to do battle, and <laughs> yeah. then the second we went up, it's just like pop <laughs> all the air just came out of the balloon very quick you could have like a before and after picture <laughs> yeah and just we're looking just disheartening like, just Alex just being like oh man <laughs> <laughs> I mean I was just thinking okay I can balance this out with other good things I can yeah. balance this out with other good things <laughs> <laughs> it's fine fine live another day live, yeah. fight in a, uh, the next battle yeah. Toby Morse this is so many man <laughs> yeah I mean but, but, okay, but, yeah. but not like that like we never had any problems with Nazis at our shows there's just been ones where, just give me give me a heads up on one. <laughs> uh, Omaha, Nebraska, Murphy's Law tour, nineteen minute set. Nineteen minute set. Yeah, there's been some where it's just like where you're like really exhausted and you've been traveling and like you get there and the show's kind of shot. You kind of lose your mind a little bit. Yeah. I ripped off my clothes before <laughs> and went in the crowd underwear and just like <laughs> I, you kind of I don't know. You get like kind of like just like kind of like, like cabin I'm fever. Like, I'm just like thing. fuck it, man. I'm yeah. like fuck it. If kids don't even know why they're here and, not, and they're not even looking at you, then I'm just gonna have fun. I still have my band have fun. You know. Sometimes yeah. you play shows and people don't even. What well, there's some shows you open up for somebody and people are flicking you off. Don't like that to you. This is show not too long. It's because they're flicking me off the whole time. Yeah. At the show, that's not a bad show. I'm just saying this is not the normal kind of show. Um, what else do you think? Farmer Fest last year in Germany. Oh yeah, we got booked to play some. I was crying on stage because I was soaked. It was just we played a Farmer Fest. It was pouring rain. We call them Farmer Fest in Europe. It's like in the woods. There's nobody. It's like these winding roads, and you get there, and it's like all these like it's like far. It's like farmer farmer kids who like your Uh bands. They're not look like hardcore kids, but it's muddy and slippery, and we're on a huge stage. It doesn't. It's so unnecessary. We should be lower. It's a barricade, and kids are like trying to dive and they're like slipping off the stage and they're falling into the mud there's mud everywhere i can't stop laughing man it's pouring i'm slipping on the stage and i'm just like fuck it man people are wasted they're looking you right in the face singing all the wrong words yeah yeah they're, they're just spitting at you and like i'm like what am i doing with my life man like what am i doing man with, with, i'm like almost i'm 45 years old i'm playing in the mud fields and i'm like but these but then there's fans are also love yeah. your band but just when people started falling and slipping i fell it's just like I don't know. It's 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 not as scary if obviously what happened to that for Mike, but yeah. just silly shit. I don't know. Yeah. Just like we're fucking because we never take ourselves too serious as a band in general, even if it's a normal show. But then when we have opportunities just to really lose it. We just fucking say whatever. Like and this kid's hit me up now. Like I remember you guys played that show. It was so fun. The Mud Fest. You remember the Mud Fest? It was <laughs> the best show I've ever seen. And then to some kids, that's like the best show they ever seen in their life. Right. Yeah. Like just like sliding in mud. And we're like, what the fuck? You know? Like <laughs> there was one. Um, what's the one thing too? One more. That's just a tour story. We'll get with that later. Oh, we can. You can. There's this is one time where Rusty stole the tour bus. Well, the, the bus driver was sleeping, and 
Uh, it was like us and a bunch of bands, and we took the bus to Ban Margera's house uh-huh. in the middle of the night. It was us, 30 Seconds to Mars, the used, all of us, this crazy weird tour on. We all went in the yeah. bus together with Jared Leto. It's just cr- all in the bus, and Rusty stole the bus. And we drove with Ban Margera, was wasted, and he's telling us how to get to his house. And we drive to his house that night and just hang out there. And then we get back, and all the bus drivers in the parking lot waiting for Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Was like, hey man, sorry, I drove the bus. We're gonna do <laughs> like he took the bus on a joyride. Bam Margera's house. It was crazy, man. That was just a weird, weird night. Like, and then one more thing on yeah. the Civ GB tour because Rusty's from the uh, the south, and people always say like he's my dad. And he, you know, he's a handyman. There was like this random big yellow, like what is that? It was like those car, like those just machines. Those like I don't know, this fucking bobcat. Oh, okay, I got it. But you. Rusty, he like. He like turned it on somehow, and we're all there with Civ, all of us. We all got in the back of it. Rusty was driving us around <laughs> through the fields at a festival. We're like, yee-hoo, on the back of this fucking thing. Charlie, all of us on the back. It was yeah. so funny. Anyway. No, that's... that's we, got, what, we, got, we got funny moments. Yeah, that's that's what we're here for. Um, I feel like a lot of the stories you get from hardcore punk bands is not like, we're backstage fucking a bunch of girls, get wasted yeah, yeah, doing yeah. cocaine. Yeah. No, we're fucking stealing like a truck. Yeah, yeah. We're fucking <laughs> smashing eggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. We're children. I don't know. Yeah. Time to take a break from hearing these fucked up stories and get into a little music, right? So this time around, we're going to start off with some music from H2O, the band featuring our guest, Toby Morse, from the most recent H2O record called Use Your Voice. Here's the track, Skate, here on Green Room Radio. Hold your mouth! 
Ned Russen. I think when we first started going out on the road, we were 18, 19 mm-hmm. years old, um, even a little bit earlier sometimes uh, for shorter trips. But we would just feel so... So it, it would feel so crazy that we were allowed to leave our town, mm-hmm. go to other cities and play for people that we didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was a little bit in terms of technology. It, was, it wasn't as... It, it feels so ridiculous to say this, but even in the time that we started touring, it went from when, when we first started going to shows, we'd go with, uh, you know, we still had MapQuest directions printed out, but we didn't have GPS, we didn't have phones to, uh, mm. w- with whatever maps on them or anything. So it, it still felt like we were part of an era that we weren't a part of. Mm. You know, in our minds, we were going off and, and we were going into the, the wild, wild west. But really, we were very fortunate and had directions and and there was a show booked with emails to prove it that we knew we were going to get there and there was going to be a show happening and stuff like that but um a lot of a lot of the you know crazy times on tour just staying with people that you meet at shows that end up being whatever uh medical marijuana growers in denver and they have a dog named woodstock that (laughs) that accidentally shits in your friend's sleeping bag and and stuff like that um Just a lot of teenage hijinks, I guess. Um, You know, I think driving around in a van is a really interesting thing, and a lot of things happen because of that, like driving to Los Angeles um, and having the whole wheel fall off our wheel and tire just completely roll away in our van, and we see it (laughs) hop over the median. Um, And then we had to hitch a ride in the the tow truck by hiding in the van under the benches so we couldn't get caught. I mean, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just, I don't know, a really, I think a really great teenage way to experience life in, in the country. But, um, yeah, it's, it was, <laughs> it, it was not very violent. It wasn't very, uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't, it, it was a different kind of experience, but the same idea, I think. Sammy Sigler. So touring now with World Be Free compared to Judge, Youth of Today, et cetera. Yeah. What are the things that are the differences? And also what are the things that are just like, you know, the everyday thing, like you just fall back into place with it? Does that, yeah, I guess that familiar thing of you're just, man, I'm on that, in that 15 passenger van <laughs> on my bench. Yeah, right. Just right. kind of looking out the window. And yeah. Like, <clears throat> it was cool, you know, moving to California, um, you know, I appreciate the East Coast more. And so doing that drive from Buffalo to Philly or Philly to Boston, you kind of, you know, it's winter, it's February, you're seeing those kind of colors of grays and just no fucking leaves on the trees. And um, definitely I was just like thinking like, I've done this drive so many times, you know, with side by side or with whatever, yeah. you know, bands. Um, but, uh, you know, they're all different. I mean, you know, back then, like Youth of Today, 1988 summer, it was just, you know, hard, like straight edge hardcore in America wasn't as popular. And definitely 89 with Youth of Today in Europe was a totally fucking crazy tour. Um, you know, Europe was just not open, open to New York, <laughs> hardcore straight edge. You yeah, know? yeah. So obviously now it's more like accepted and the internet and people yeah. know about it and they have the music right away and they know the songs, which is yeah. cool. As far as that Youth of Today tour of, of Europe, was it just something that, you know, when I picture that in my head, like I just picture like everybody looking like a member of GBH? <laughs> like I mean, you should do like your next, you do a lot of projects. You should, your next project should be, I don't know if it's a book or whatever, a movie or a short, or like a five minute short, but it's, it was that tour like was fucking, it was Youth of Today, New York Straight Edge and Lethal, Aggr- yeah. and lethal Aggression. <laughs> yeah, who were New Jersey Drug, drug Corps. Yeah. And that was the poster. Um, 
you know, just some quick tips. Like, we were both on Caroline Records. Uh, it was a fun house over in Europe. We get to the first day, and we go to this warehouse, and they have all these bootleg T-shirts, and we're just like, what's this? We, like, never saw the designs. They're, like, they were the ugliest T-shirts, like, you know, fluorescent yellow, black <laughs> today shirts. Yeah. Um, they're like, yes, this is to fund the tour. Like, this is, you know, <laughs> this is our money and, and our shirts. Ha-ha, like, welcome. We toured for two and a half months. I think we made, like, $1,000 each. We'd play two shows in one day. Um, you know, the promoter, I think the singer for Lethal Aggression, or the promoter pulled a gun on the singer for Lethal Aggression. Uh, his name was Saltz. Oh, uh, yeah. Not to be confused with Hutch, <laughs> or who was the roadie, I think. Yeah, I just remember that, whatever, the Anarchy in Vienna record. Yeah. Like, Ray's like, this goes out to Salts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty, you know, obviously playing a lot of squats, and yeah. there's, you know, people keeping bottles and rocks by their windows to yeah. fight the cops and um, all that kind of fun squat stuff. But it was, uh, that was an amazing tour, and I was like 15. Jeremy Sonnier, since, you know, the film revolves around this worst gig ever yeah can you as a participant or as a member of a band can you pinpoint a, a bad gig of your own well couple i mean nothing really that bad mm-hmm. my band never really toured but one that stood out was when i put in the movie that, mm-hmm. that mexican restaurant show like that's something yeah. i played <laughs> yeah yeah and i remember how i felt like it, it pathetic but also beautiful. Yeah. You know, it's like something falls through. You're playing at a Mexican restaurant during operating hours, broad daylight, strip mall, people walking in and out with yeah. their rice and beans. And there's like six kids with backpacks on. Two of them are into it. Mm-hmm. One person's dancing. Yeah. But you're still playing as hard as you would, you know, to like some muni center or, or yeah. a church, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. full of people. And um, I had to put that in the movie. That was a special thing. But, uh, I have a terrible memory, but I actually, uh, Bill, Bill Lacey, my, my, my friend from my band, I saw him two nights ago. Mm-hmm. He came to a screen in a green room in the theater. And we were reminiscing, and we had a pretty cool, like, we were always playing, like, local shows, few in D.C., but we do this pay-to-play scam in, in Manassas. We'd, we'd get kind of the owner of the club would give us all the tickets, and we'd go sell them to our friends and mm-hmm. beg them to drive 45 minutes from, from Alexandria into Manassas. Mm-hmm. We did it a few times, and it was just not working out. We, we felt taken advantage of, mm-hmm. and, and our friends got tired of coming all the way. Yeah. You know, uh, we had some good shows, but the last show we fell prey, you know, for the last time for this pay-to-play scam. We we had collected the money, sold the tickets, and our our sort of band leader Sam Jones <laughs> decided to invent a fictional manager. So so the the owner of the club was after us, and he said, "Oh no, you got to talk to Mike Hill." <laughs> He's like, who's Mike Hill? He's like, oh, he's our, he's our guy. You know, he's over there. And and this, and we just, he, he of course wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And this, this manager kept looking the entire show for the fictional Mike Hill, yeah. who had the money. <laughs> and then we wrapped our show and took the money and and ran, and never went back. <laughs> yeah. And that that was kind of like the one show that that's that was really I think. It, it went bad for him, not so yeah. much us. <laughs> but, it, but the previous shows were, you know, we had had our fill of getting taken advantage of. But it was fun. And yeah. we never went back. And uh, Mike Hill doesn't exist. <laughs> and uh, my apologies to the concert cave in Manassas. <laughs> <laughs> so that about wraps up Green Room Radio. Thanks for checking us out the past few weeks. I really appreciate it. And make sure to go see the film in theaters now. So this is Tony Redman signing off. See you later. What do they-